Welcome to the Talent Brand Podcast by Talent Brand Alliance. I'm Will Staney, CEO at Proactive Talent and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance with my friend, Brian Cheney. Hey there, this is Brian, Director of Employer Brand at Indeed and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance. What is Talent Brand Alliance? It is a community for recruitment marketing and employer branding professionals. Now, we're here to talk and learn about all things recruitment marketing, talent brand building, and talent brand technology with the employee experience storytellers that do this every day. Are you ready? Let's go. All right, and welcome to the Talent Brand Podcast by Talent Brand Alliance. I am Will Staney, co-founder of Talent Brand Alliance, and with me, I got Brian Cheney. Brian, what's up? Hey there. With us today, I'm really excited. We have Mr. James Ellis, or should I say James E.B. Nerd Ellis. He's also got <laughs> his own podcast, so uh, we are podcasting newbies, right? This is our first podcast. You're doing great. You're doing wow. great. Wow. And but But James here, James is a freaking podcasting machine with the Champion. talent cast i'm a huge fan of that podcast well thanks wow. thanks thanks for saying that and james is also a, a lead employee brand consultant at my firm practice talent so we are no strangers to each other um at, and a board member at with talent brand alliance so in other words james has to spend a lot of time with me and i'm sorry james i'm sorry but i'm sorry go ahead. back at you really <laughs> i mean yeah we'll let the voters decide who has it worse but uh, as odd as this sounds, me asking you to tell me about your role, but, but uh, it, it's part of the format, so I got to ask it. Uh, t tell us uh, a little bit about your current role, your company, projects you're working on, uh, you know, things like that. Sure. So uh, it's interesting. Being a consultant, I think, is, is, is a very new thing for me. I've been doing this for, I think, if you did the math, something close to 45 days. So I'm a seasoned hand to this. I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got, I've got the stripes. I'm uh, no longer wet behind the ears. Insert your particular idiom of choice. I, it, it's, I think, what I've always wanted to be without knowing what I wanted to do. I want to do stuff where I go, okay, let's tackle the hard problems. Let's wrestle with something regardless of the politics, regardless of the people, regardless of the, the things you're supposed to do, let's start from a clean sheet of paper and just say, well, how would I solve this today? Um, you know, at previous jobs, that's kind of what I've always done. And when I ran a team of people, that was the thing that made them crazy. They said, well, your answer last month was X and your answer this month to the same problem is Y. I said, yeah, but I rethought the problem. And, the, and given the new situation, answers Y, let's go. And they would just look at me like, can't you do anything consistently? I said, no, no, I am two-thirds goldfish from a DNA standpoint. Uh, I don't remember anything. My, it drives my wife absolutely crazy. So the concept of every day waking up and say, how do I tackle this problem today? Like it's, a, like, the, like it's the first time I've ever thought of this problem. That's actually kind of in my wheelhouse. That's kind of how I approach everything. So consulting is a lot of fun. So right now I've got uh, a pretty uh, fun client. I've, they're trying to wrestle with some big problems, you know, which I imagine people listening would get, would understand. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. Um, you know, I do speaking on the side. I've... This is what I do. This is really what I do. I mean, you're you're a natural born consultant. You've been in house. You've been in the agency environment. I've done um, everything. Yeah. Like, and I, and go ahead. Do you do Windows? Yeah, yeah I, I, I I do really boring children's parties. I mean, I don't know if they want to see this, but they could. I mean, I'll put on a clown's nose. I will go all out. My, you know, there you go. Yeah, I know. What what I'm saying is, I think I think your mix of the of being on the agency side, being a leading content marketing you know, being a head of employer branding at Groupon prior to becoming a consultant, it like has, makes you fit in with proactive talent so, so much because we are sort of practitioners for hire. It's not just yeah. going in there 
building a, a, a slide deck and handing it to a client, right? You, you're, you're, you're now let's build um, the thing. Let's yeah, do let's, it. Let's, let's get our hands happen. dirty. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, yeah. which is, which is awesome. And speaking of getting your hands dirty, what, what are some of the challenges keeping you up at night and getting you excited about waking up every day to help people with their talent brand? So I had this, this longstanding pet theory in the back of my head that I think we can all agree, right? That recruiting hasn't changed in a very, very long time, that there's this new wave of tools, AI and texting and um, bots and, and automation and ATS and CRM. And, you know, that list goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think I see them as band-aids. I think they see a recruiting process that's falling apart. That's been the same for 50, 60 years. It's propping up a thing that used to be and, I think employer brands, the way you say, if I had a clean sheet of paper for recruiting, how would I approach this problem? Yes, I'm still gonna use those tools. Yes, I'm still gonna use all that stuff. Yes, you know, recruiters are still incredibly valuable. Sources are incredibly valuable. But if I had to rearrange them today as if it's a clean sheet of paper, how would I do it? And if you asked your boss to do that, they'd look at you like, shut up, sit down. You know, we got stuff to do. Why are you thinking that? But employer brand really has to say, I have to rearrange the entire chessboard to get the things done. If you just want to increase your brand awareness by 4%, yeah, do it the same way you've always done it. If you want to achieve quantum leaps in what you're trying to do, you have to start with a clean sheet of paper. And I think recruiters, you know, what's the joke? Um, you know, if, if, if you would ask the government to solve polio, they would have invented a bigger iron lung. If you asked recruiters to solve recruiting, they would have just said, well, we need more recruiters. We need more certifications, right? Every HR problem is, can be solved with a certification, right? How many letters can I stack at the end of my name? If you come from it from a completely different angle, you can really reinvent it. And I think that's what employer brand is doing. And I am trying to, you know, my, my thing that maybe not keeps you up at night, but the thing I'm trying to do, the purpose, my value, you know, my intent for everything I do is to how do I lead that charge or move that charge forward to say, it was fine. It doesn't work anymore. What is next? Yeah. Brian, so it's, not, it's not just caffeine that keeps you up at night then. No, no, yeah. no. Caffeine stops it too. Uh, otherwise my wife kills me and yeah, she already thinks I'm a robot cause I try not to sleep. I'm one of those people who, if I could get on by two hours of sleep a night, I would, and I'd be very happy for it. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm broken. The whole blank slate. What got you into the employer branding, the talent branding field? Well, like all of us, I went to school for it and I got a certified in it and I went to a master's degree program. <laughs> Wait a second. That's wrong. Uh, someone said there's a recruiting program in Europe and I went, really? There's a recruiting school? I fell into it bats backwards like everybody did. I'm, I come from the marketing side. So literally, if you walk backwards, event marketing, pharmaceutical marketing, nonprofit marketing, higher education marketing, state government marketing, state government That's marketing. Wow. I've done, and I'm old, so I've done dot bomb. I've done software. I've done, I mean, I, I worked for the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for a while, helping them with their digital marketing. I am old as sin. And what happens is, is you just realize, look, every problem looks different on the face of it. But if you look at the structure of it, they're always the same. Who's the audience? What does the audience care about? How do we get in front of the audience with an offer that makes them go, huh, that's interesting. I want to learn more. So most then, problems are marketing problems. I, you know, and I, you know. It's communication a, problems. Yeah, to a person with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So to me, every problem looks like marketing. Right? Yeah. So, and which, yeah. I'm trying to figure out which is your, which is it your head? Is it the hammer? Which part of, which part yeah. of you are we talking about? 
Yeah, I yeah, to the person with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. So I think every problem is a marketing problem. But then again, I have been not proven wrong very often. Yeah, sometimes it's a data problem, but it's about look. Marketing is not about advertising. I would love to dispel that. I think most people equate marketing and it's advertising. The part of it yeah. beyond that, they're radically different. Marketing is literally, if you go back to what marketing is, marketing is what you choose to bring to market. What and how you choose to bring something to market. It's product marketing. It's development. It's R and D. It's all this stuff that is marketing too. So I take a true little M marketing perspective, not a, how do I promote this to my particular segments using the channels? Somebody else can do that far better than I, and I allow them to. I am a, what the heck are we trying to say? Who are we trying to say it to? Why would they care about it? Why would they fall in love with this idea? If you can get, if you can think at that level, you can solve all these problems, you know, in radically fun ways. Right. And then, and then don't put that message in front of people that it has nothing to do with. So right. like get, get rid of the noise that yeah. is typical marketing. Right. And everything. But Hey, t- tell me, tell me a story though. Like you're, uh, you're not quite answering the question, right? Okay. Tell me a story. Like what, wh- how did you go from all those other forms of marketing yeah. into talent branding into, into employment branding and recruitment marketing? So the, the, the nitty gritty of it is I was in event marketing. I was deeply unhappy because it was not half of it was the company, half it was the industry. It's just not where I'm meant to be. And I got poached. I got poached by an agency you've all heard of. It has three letters in it. They do nothing but recruitment marketing. Um, I don't need to spell their name. They need no more free advertising from me. And I I got hired as a digital strategist. They said, okay, you have all the digital marketing stuff and you've been recruited a million times. So you can kind of put these pieces together. I went, yeah, I think I can. And I did that gig for about eight months. I think I did an okay job, but I wasn't there long enough to say, here's the flag. Look how amazing I am. Or look how much I suck at this, whatever. And I realized that that agency had a internal content marketing problem. And I said, can I have that team? I'd, I'd be really good at that team. Can I take all your social and content and do all your inbound marketing? And they went, well, I guess it, it, you can't blow it up. At, you know, you can't make it worse. So go for it. It was a, it was a no fail kind of space. And so I blew it all up, started from scratch. And we went in two years from seven people to 19 people. And we grew our client base and we grew our offering base. And I realized about halfway through, we weren't an inbound team. We weren't a content team. We weren't a social team. We were a talent brand or employer brand activator right? And once you start to see it in that puzzle and that framework, you go, okay, so what I'm doing is understanding the employer brand, understanding what their purpose is, their value proposition, and communicating it out in such a way, you know, doing all the stuff you're supposed to do. Got kind of done with that and said, okay, what's the biggest employer brand challenge in Chicago? Groupon showed up. I said, gimme. And I said, look, I'm going to go from just taking a brand that someone else has built or someone else has kind of manufactured or discovered or tripped over or whatever and saying, and turning it into a million social posts. I want to say, give me the reins. Let, what if I put the whole company on my back and did it? Let me see if I can succeed. And if I fail, I will learn so much. And if I succeed, I will probably still learn so much. And that's, that's what I did. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause you, you, you joined Groupon at a very interesting time. And, and, and I know <laughs> that because I, I, I worked really closely uh, with and I'm friends with the, their, their former uh, head of global town acquisition. Hey, Dustin. <laughs> so funny story, funny story. When I went to that agency and well, I'm not just to- Dustin, I, I, I know on. Dustin, we know Dustin as well, but yep. uh, his boss, right. And, and oh, yeah. when they, he came in, it was really that, that exciting build up time. And it was sort of this new concept of couponing and then uh tell us like what can i happen and then you you came in and and in a time that they really could use some employer yeah so the funny thing is dustin who was doing this role before me when i took the content role in the agency he took my old digital strategy role and when i left the agency i called him and said get your old boss to call me let's go figure this out so we literally did a swap a room you did Uh, yes 
he took your old job and you took his old job. Yeah. Yeah. He, and, and honestly, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. We bump into each other now and then it's, it's, it, but this space is pretty small we're all in Sessuous. We know that. So I, I came in and they had not had anyone in the role for two years and they had been, and I, I literally sat next to two different people at the last talent brand summit who said, Oh, I interviewed for your job at some point. Yeah. I would say when, and they would say oh. like a, like a year before you took the job. So, I mean, that thing had been, it was this open black hole of we know we have a problem. We don't understand the problem. Thus, we can't understand the solution. Thus, we can't advertise of what the solution should look like. And so they would beat their head against the wall. I, I had a former employee who applied for that job and got interviewed. I mean, they talked to everybody. And until I said, give me and told them how, it sh how I thought it should be done. And they felt maybe I had the confidence to, to know how to do it. And I didn't. I just made it up as I went you along. You got to have an opinion. And that's not something you are in lack of, my friend. No. Yeah. And so uh, this is great, you know, because I, I, th I think like um, – with uh with the events coming up uh this is this is the kind of dialogue this is sort of the storytelling that we want to we want to do and speaking of that event like how you know tell us a little bit about your experience you uh you attended uh the last talent brand summit mm -hmm, just as sure a, an, an attendee so uh you know we, we we spoke to um audra before you um who had the experience of being a facilitator in the last event and now uh this year, you're, uh, or, uh, this year you, you got to experience as an attendee. So tell us, like, what was the experience like um, for, at Talent Brand Summit for, you know, as, an, as an attendee? Yeah, so Audra turned me on to the whole event. I hadn't even considered it. I was in the middle of kind of head down doing the Groupon thing. Audra recruited you. I he recruited that. me into it to say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing is because I do speaking, because I am a loudmouth uh, or a, a total ham, depending on how you want to put it, I speak at lots of events. I do ERE, I do social recruiting, uh, you know, I do lots of stuff and I've, you know, I don't have time to go to events and sit for two days and sit there and let me be lectured to or tell me, have people tell me what they did. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't explain why or you didn't get into it. Or you're just kind of, you're showcasing yourself and that's great but that's not helping me or worse yet, it's the speech I've seen the sixth time. Right, it's the exact same one that, that that person has done this thing so many. It's it's just you know I could watch a video. Why would I show up to these things? And that's where the talent brand summit was so radically different. It said, look, we're going to put you next to people who do what you do. And chances are, because the industry still hasn't figured out what the heck this industry is about, they will approach things radically different. They will see what their purpose is as radically different. They will the tool set they will use will be radically different. And by putting yourself next to it, if you can put yourself in the mindset of, how do I? unwrap what they do and unpackage it, look at the pieces and say, okay, if I was in their shoes, how would I do it? And then you can compare solution sets and go, what did I just learn from how they approached it? And the more you do that, the better off you are, the smarter you become at achieving any of these problems. And yeah. so the format is such that you are forced to have these conversations with people who approach it differently over and over and over again. It's the, what's the, the Bruce Lee joke is like, I'm not afraid of the person who knows 10,000 kicks because they've practiced each one once. I'm afraid of the person who knows one kick, but they've practiced it 10,000 times. That's kind of what it was. You're seeing the concept of how do you approach your employer brand over and over and over by the people who do it. And that was fascinating. I was That's just blown away by that. It. I, I, I love that. See, we, we have sort of different ways of, of looking at the event. It's like you, I mean, you're like, talk about how different all the perspectives are and how we learn from that. I, I also kind of went to and, and thought, well, wow, one of the biggest things that stood out to me was how much we all kind of have in common with the similar problems, but maybe we're all attacking them differently, which is yeah. uh, it's really cool that I, I like that, that you got that out of that.
But the thing is, is that if I looked at what someone else does, all I, until I sit in a room like that, all I can see is what they're doing. I can see they're out with the facade. I can see we use the social and we do, we're all about social. I would say, you know what? I'm less enthused about social. Like I know how to do it enough to make the, the needle move, but I'm not in love with social like some people are. It's but like once you, channel. exactly. And once you see it and you go, okay, how did you get there? How did you make that decision? How did that happen? You go, oh, we're the same. Yeah. You just solved it in a different way. So yes, on the, you know, on a certain level, at a core level, we are the same. We are solving the same kind of problems. We all, you know, our bosses do have the same conversations with us and we know how to kind of promote and, and explain what we do. On the surface, if you never get past that, we look like radically different people. We look like completely different monsters. So what right, you're right. saying is, is you, you dug into the science behind the social. I wouldn't say science. I mean, I, what I do is, is <laughs> taking a handful of ziti and throw it against the wall and go, why doesn't any of this stick? Oh, it's not spaghetti. Oh, I see. I have to do, I, I go back to how far can I take this back to the point where failure is, in, is, is certain and then pull it forward and say, okay, now that I know it's not just any kind of pasta, it's spaghetti that sticks, but only certain kinds. Okay, let's, you know, I want to break every problem down to its, you know, platonic, you know, let's go to first principles of first. People want jobs okay, good. Let's start there. I mean, I want to start with, you know, air is good. Puppies are cute. What's, what do we know to be true? And then build upon that. Water so, is wet also, by the way. I've also heard. true. That's, that is generally 99.9% well, true. I think that's great because, because what, what, what you're doing with Talent Brand Alliance too, is like daily you have access, access to uh, 500 other people trying and throwing all that spaghetti against the wall. And yeah. so it's, it's like being able to see all the different variations of a strategy at one time. And yeah. so it, yeah. I think it accelerates all of our learning because of that, uh, which is just, I think the power of this, of this community model. Right. Yeah. And so tell me, what was your, what was the, you know, the thing that you enjoyed the most about talent brand summit in uh, this past June? <sighs> Yeah, it's it's not a thing. It's not a moment. It's not. A, it was just this perpetual forced defend without being defensive. How you did it, why you did it, what worked for you. I mean, there are plenty of people who talked. And I was like, yeah, I solved that problem like day one. That's not. That's nowhere near my problem. And good for you. And I get it. And I would happily help you if you asked. But if I'm trying to learn who is ahead of me, and I think if you took the entire audience and took you know, all 500 of everybody on Facebook and all that stuff and say, look, let's map out the entire process because I think everybody's process is the same. I bet we'd find there's a bunch of like bumps where everybody is stuck. It's like a game of Candyland. Are you stuck at the first square or the fifth square or the 17th square? And what is, if you're at the 17th square, what is 18? You know, and if we had that kind of roadmap, we say, okay, if I'm here and there's no shame in being at square two and three, how, what is next? Don't solve the problem that's happening here when I'm back here. When I, you know, don't try and figure out, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't race before you figured out walking, right? And I think that's true of everybody. And then when you get in a room like that, you immediately gravitate towards your problems sound like my problem. We're clearly on roughly the same spot. Let's talk it through. And then if I can find one or two people who are ahead of me to try and figure out how and unpack how they got to that space, how do I, you know, and I'm, you know, not to invoke the Tim Ferriss podcast, but I, 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 while I appreciate his thought process and he's a, a lot to take and I certainly get that, his idea that the standard approach and the standard cadence and the standard uh, speed at which you can learn and grow is, is for chumps. I think everybody can double the speed they grow. I think everybody can make these shortcuts and find these loops and find these ways of jumping way ahead without having to do it step by step by step. You know, and, and, and I think there are lots of fine ways and I think that's fun for me to un uh, unpack what other people are doing to say, how do I try? Trick my, how do I trick my whole company or my clients to do that exact same job?
how do I trick people into doing the right thing? Yes, um, yes. Sometimes you have to. And that's true. It's totally true. It's so true. It's true. I, I feel like we, I get the clients in, and they, they, some, they think they know the way we should go. And I said, well, if you, if you knew, why, why, did, exactly. why am I here? And the truth right? is, and it goes back to my initial idea that recruiting is breaking and is broken and people are just trying to prop up what has always been. They don't know any other way other than you source 150 candidates per role. You promote your jobs on job boards and Craigslist and all these different places and hope that you get collect enough bodies that maybe in that haystack, there's one or two needles worth taking to a hiring manager. And the way you do that, well, you have to have a phone interview and you have to do a screening and then you have to take a test and then you have to, and you have to, you have to, you have to no, you don't. You don't no, have like, to do any of that. What I've been liking lately, James, is is more and more, even like the vendors in the space are talking about conversational recruiting, mm -hmm. right? And I love the whole idea behind calling it that um, because it's it's not just a recruiting process. Uh, you got to fall in these certain buckets in these steps. It's saying, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, we're having conversations and because recruiting is all about timing, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing mm -hmm. is, as long as you're always having a conversation, timing will find a way, right? But if, if people come in, you're only going to have a conversation yeah. at, when they're in a hiring process, then when they're ready, you're, yeah. you're losing. Yeah. But if you try, if you bring that approach to your boss, your recruiting leader, your head of TA or whatever, they're going to say, how does that help me today? Because I've got a backlog of recs I got to fill. And so they don't know how to transition from the old way of doing it, which I call the transactional model. It takes I have time to build. Yeah, yeah, it's butts and seats model to how do I build that? And, the, and if you Reactive can say, look, proactive. Exactly. And if you go to the point where you can say, look, if you can envision a future in 12 months in which the, the hiring manager comes to you, I need a nurse, data scientist, plumber, whatever the heck. And you go, you know what? I have four people who would love to talk to you and, and have them go, what do you mean you have four people? We haven't even posted the rec yet. You say, I've been building those relationships and I knew that we'd need more data scientists or nurse or plumbers or whatever. So I've been generating relationships with those people via conversation and giving them something interesting and useful and valuable. And so now they return my phone calls and I bet I can get three of them in for a for a conversation with you tomorrow and you can pick which one you want to bring in for the final and pick it. And you can do this, what is supposed to take 60, 45, 60 days can be done in a week. And yeah. if you can tell the boss there is, if that's the goal, it's not a straight line to get there. You have to crush and destroy everything that is to get to that. And how do you figure out that transition? Very few companies know how to figure that transition or know how to I, navigate I think, that transition. Uh, something that is like a, a theme in everything you're talking about there is, is change management. For me, at least yeah. as, a, as a consultant and I go in and I'm trying to transform uh, uh, these companies to think differently about mm -hmm. hiring, every one of them means a huge amount of change management. People don't like change. Yeah, People they don't. don't like change because, but when you embrace uh, talent branding and you, it means you also embrace valuing employees and telling stories uh, and in doing that for a lot of people, it's a complete, yeah. And, and recruiting always lives in HR and the HR loves nothing but to create and st establish and manage rules. So the concept of change process, is anathema yeah. to them. Processes is, is what everything is and change is radically wrong. Well, it's and always then marketing, wrong. right? And then marketing comes in and they nothing say, but change. no, control. Yeah. We have to control the brand and yeah. no TA, you can't get into the brand. Yeah. This is our world. You hire people. We do the branding. And it's yeah. like, uh, we got to yeah. think differently marketing. We have to think differently HR. Um, so awesome. Well, I, uh, James, we could literally talk forever about everything. Yeah. Um, but let, let's, uh, Brian's going to keep us on track. Yep. I'm trying to pull us back. And what, what I think is really cool is the first, you know, publicly speaking, I would love, love to 
to say I'm so excited to have you on the Talent Brand Alliance board. Yes. So excited to have you have you leading the community engagement piece of the board. And I would love to find out what why did you do that? Why did you join? <laughs> yeah. So if if I I wish I can remember what book it was. It's probably Seth Godin, because when he comes down push comes to shove. Seth Godin's usually the one who is in the back of my head pushing me to do the things that are hard, that are are weird or strange, uncomfortable, and all that good stuff. I said, look, if my true purpose is to help change the conversation about what it means to be a recruiter, what it means to recruit, what it means to hire, if you know, if you want to have a true hire purpose, a you know, a Simon Sinekian why, it's to change it. And if I'm not going to be willing to say, okay, I'm going to put my time forth and help other people and learn from other people on that level of being on a board and helping manage conversations and, and, and spark conversations really about challenging people. Like, what if we did it this way? Or how would you approach this problem if you had $4 instead of $400,000? What if you had no ATS? What if you had to start clean? What if, what if, what if? And how do I challenge inherent industry thinking with the people who are just like me and you who are in effect people without a country who don't live in marketing and don't live in recruiting and don't live in HR who are their own little islands of weird, uh, you know, not misfit toys. Let's not go there. Um, you know, but to say we're the, we're, we're strange creatures. And there's the reason why there's 500 of, of us in this group and probably only about two or 3000 people globally who do what we do is because our job is weird. It requires a set of skill sets that are strange and are don't overlap very often. And so we have yeah. to own that. Thing. I, so to I me, call it, I call it multi-potentialites, right? Like I think I, well, I saw a, a TED a TED talk back. Someone talked about like I've had all these different careers, mm-hmm. right? And and and, and the same thing. I, I've been in sales. Uh, there's like a running joke in my family that you know that every day my wife learns some of some new odd job that I had. Mm-hmm. But what I love about employee brand is like I get to bring all of that, all of it, the all HR, of it. the community builder side of me, the marketing person side of me, the entrepreneurial side. Highly, of me. highly entrepreneurial. Absolutely, <laughs> I think that's one of the things. Is it, it is an entrepreneurial recognizing yeah. that opportunity and taking yeah. advantage of it. So what, really, really quickly. So what what weirdest job that you've had off the top of your head? Uh, oh man, uh, Christmas tree salesman. Christmas tree salesman. Christmas right. trees sell themselves. What are you talking about? You just stand there and take saying, the money. No, I was 15 and you, if you go in there and you, you, you have to try to talk, don't just get the needle one, but talk them into the actual Douglas fir. Yeah. You know, the, okay. the I was going to say, the, nobody shows the, up to that without planning on buying. Not the $30 Charlie Brown tree, right? Like anyways, that, that was an odd one. Uh, you know, uh, selling those, those Nokia bricks at the kiosk in the mall. Ooh, uh, I managed a radio shack. One of the ones where you hold about six inches from your head. Yeah, I, I worked at a, a car wash in the summer, you know, just get vacuuming in there. It was a good upper body uh, workout right there. So James, what about you? Any, any weird odd jobs in your past history? Uh, I've done many tours of duty and fast food in my teens, one of which was to season the chicken at a a uh, chicken restaurant, a fried chicken restaurant whose mascot has no mascot, but it sounds like a cartoon character. And by the way, when you manufacture chickens and you truly manufacture them, the pin bones across the, like the wing, they never get plucked. So you have to, some, some idiot has to pluck them by hand. Hi, I'm an idiot. I'm that idiot, in fact. And so for weeks, I did nothing but pluck the pin bones off the edge of the wing to make sure it was properly seasoned so that your uh, Cajun-style 
uh, wings were delicious and not going to kill you with a ch- choking wow. hazard. That is odd. All right, so uh, let, let's get us back back in. We did go on a tangent again, but that was a fun one. Uh, tell us, like, tell us more about the committee that you're leading. Like, what is this committee? What are you doing? I know you're only you're less than a month in, and it's yeah. totally fine. But we did create a purpose statement. Like, tell us what 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 is what's your committee going to be doing? Honestly, I don't know yet. I haven't even formed a committee. I haven't asked anybody to join me. It's been kind of like, let's see how much I can do on my own. I'm a big believer that if I'm going to ask someone to do something, I'd like to know what that job is. I'd like to know what it is. So I'm leading, leading, if that's the right word, the member calls every month. I'm the one kind of trying to throw questions when things get quiet on the Facebook. You know, I'm trying to get generate conversations where I can. And that means either tapping into blog posts outside or the podcast or other people's podcasts or just how do I do that? Once I get a sense of how it's done, I'd love to hand the reins or some of the reins over to somebody else or somebody's else to say, look, let's all have this you know, together so that I can generate this together. So if anybody is in the sound of my voice, wants to join up and be a part of this, I am easily findable on the interwebs. Uh, please find me and ask to help me because please help me. Won't you give? Yeah. Please. If, suddenly it's a charity. Won't you, you know, please give? It's not so starving. What? Yeah. You need some help to pull out all the pin bones. Yes, oh, good do. lord! No, That's just, every job, isn't it? it? Sounds to me, it sounds to me like you're the you're the everyday facilitator. Okay, you know, you're like the digital facilitator. You know, you, you know our facilitators at Town Brand Summit are there to keep the conversation and engagement going to help people. You know, give them topics in which to share their experiences. You're like the facilitator of the of the online community. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just lather, rinse, and repeat of every day. Oof, that sounds like the least fun <laughs> job. How did I get suckered into this job? What did you guys do to me? How did, did you roofie me at TBS? TBS? What happened? Um, honestly, no, I think it's about I, all I want to do is learn. All I want to do is get better at this. Um, I just don't know always what better looks like. And so if I can see other people do it better, I can steal from them. And the most people are, I won't say like me, I think most people – don't know how to pr- promote themselves and say, look how good I did. Uh, I remember, you know, uh, in another forum, I was like, hey, I know you will understand this, but after a year of pulling teeth, we finally have the employer value proposition tagline approved by the executive committee. And it was like, only you will understand yeah. the pain that was involved in giving birth to this bad boy. I love boy. posts like that. Yeah, it's like, and they were like, yes, we get it. We totally get it. And it was like, okay, thank you. I just needed a little, because my boss doesn't kind of get it. And the people who worked for me didn't get it. So it's like, oh, somebody has to give me just but the tiniest the cat tribe does. Yeah, yeah, they get that stuff. And so how do I encourage people to, share their victories and their failures because that's the only way I'm going to steal their good ideas and they can steal my good ideas if I have any. Um, you know, it's, it's, if, if it's quiet, that never happens. If I can ask dumb questions or good questions, that's going to happen more and more often. Yeah, that's super important. And I'm, I'm glad to see you in that role. Yeah. yeah, so when you think about everything that you've learned at the Talent Brand Summit, the people you were sitting next to, the fact that it's not a zero-sum game, everybody has different timelines and a lot of them look very similar. What, what's the thing you're looking forward to most at the next Talent Brand Summit? Yeah, so I felt like when I went to the first one, it was kind of like summer camp, but it was my first year at summer camp, but everybody else knew each other. So I felt like, all right, all right, it's my first time. I hope I can make some friends. And it turns out that having the podcast and being a, a pain in the ass, it's a total ham at things. People had heard of me, which was blowing my mind. I was like, what do you mean you listen to my podcast? What do you mean you run with me. That's no one should ever run with me. That's a horrible idea. But it was like, okay, good. So I have some camaraderie. I have some connection to these people. They get what I do. I get what they do. And so now I'm interested in coming in, not as a sheepish, if you can believe that sheepish. uh, I, I hope people, you know, I hope I have something to add. I hope that my experience is 
any way useful to other people and then I can steal good ideas from other people. Um, that's really what I'm shooting for. So I'm not looking for, I mean, yes, I'd love to win the Iron Chef competition, which uh, was stolen from me uh, last time. <laughs> but beyond that, I think, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm here to learn how to, you know, it, I think having the position in the board gives me license to ask dumber, harder, deeper questions of everyone else to help facilitate their growing. I mean, if, you know, yes, the facilitators will be on the stage for a little bit and they're going to ask people to have conversations, but in the conversation, at the table, that's where the real meat happens. That's where the real stuff happens. So how can I kind of spark that more and more? That's really what I'm looking forward to. How do I play my part and then, you know, learn, learn from it? Yeah. And I think that's what, what makes you perfect for that board position of community engagement because you're you're an engaging guy you know like you like to get people talking and you thrive on that and i think it's good and i i i can see why people would run with with you in their in their ears you're kind of like auditory caffeine yeah you maybe so much energy yeah you know? uh, last I week i did a podcast where i was drinking because the structure of the day was just such that i couldn't podcast in the morning so i had to podcast at night and i had had a couple of whiskeys they were delicious and so i, I listened to that one yeah, yeah. It was, uh, did you Andy Cohen it up? Yeah, I, I Cohen it, man. an amusingly least downloaded episode in the history of the series. So whatever reason people smelled the booze on the episode and went, I'm good. I'm good. I think it's because when you tweeted it out, you tweeted that you were, you recorded it drunk and people were like, you know what? No, not yeah, no, that's I'm a bad idea. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I've done it twice now. It's, it's clearly, it's not the right thing. It's, it's, you know, let's bring out the caffeine. This is cup number three for those of you counting at home. I believe um, you. Yeah, at least. Uh, okay, probably last, another one too. last question, James. Um, tell us, what is one thing that, that most people don't know about you? And I know <laughs> you're, a, you're a big sharer. And, and let's assume they haven't, read the, they haven't listened to the podcast. They haven't read your awesome blogs on Proactive Talent. Um, like, what is a, 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 a weird or interesting or thing that people might find surprising about you, James? Taylor? I don't know. I never know how to answer these questions because to me, Everything I do is just the obvious thing to do. And then people say, why did you do, how did you, where are you? And people are shocked by it. And I, I'm always, I am surrounded by so many smart, creative, complicated, messy. You're talking about other people already. I am. I'm talking, no, I'm talking about, but I'm surrounded by such I a strange, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by such a strange eclectic group of people that I don't feel unusual. But if you pull me out of that group and put me in a quote unquote random population of people, some of whom do work at the DMV and some of whom do sell insurance and do quote unquote normal jobs unlike the rest of us where we have weird jobs, then I can see that it's, it's what I do is strange and maybe, but I'm just surrounded by so many great people that it's like, who cares that, you know, I launched at Bucky Badger 12 years ago for University of Wisconsin and I tweeted as Bucky Badger for two years and I once porn spammed the entire audience, multiple thousands of people in 2008, I did think. Did you say porn spam? Totally porn spam. That's what I thought I heard. That's totally what I did. So, wait, wait, hold on a second. Was this, was, was this like wait, wild woodland creature porn? What no. Wait, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That would actually be on brand. That would have been interesting. Hold on. Someone's got to explain to me what Bucky Badger is. Okay. So if you go to, so in the same way that Bevo exists for you Austinites and of which I consider myself one, Thank you Bucky Badger is the, yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, Bucky Badger is the University of Wisconsin at Madison mascot. Okay. That's and, what I thought. Okay. And when, and when the football team scores, he does push-ups and he shows up at events and he's often voted number one or number two best mascot. Um, he's a great character and no one knew what Twitter was. So I just went, I'll just take you his online persona. 
You were like, you're like a digital mascot. Yes. Yes. It was so hilarious. For, it was really weird. So for two years, I would be sitting in my living room in Madison watching the football game and I would tweet the score or I would tweet a joke about how, you know, like there's a point like a, a Michigan or a Michigan state or whoever we're trying to, you know, fight. it was a good year for her football that year. And it was like, we're up like 20 points and go, Oh yeah, go for it on fourth. That'll fix it. And I would tweet that out. And like some and guy from Ask State. It. Yeah, but no, but somebody somebody stationed from Afghanistan would say, "Oh, hey, did they make the did they make the the extra point?" You're like, "Uh, okay. How am I having this job? How am I being paid for this?" But in but to porn, the porn spam story is my favorite story. So this is long before, like there were good tools around social management. So there wasn't a Hootsuite, there wasn't anything like that, and we had a Facebook channel, and so we had to say, "Hey, we have this Facebook event," and I had to type manually Facebook.com/slash whatever the heck it was. And I transpose because I'm the world's worst typist. I mean, absolutely world's worst. I transpose two of the letters. Now, if you know, at the time Facebook was growing so fast that everybody took every permutation of the letters in Facebook and said, I'm going to steal all the fake traffic and shoot it to porn. And that's exactly what happened. I transposed the A and the C, didn't notice it, hit send. Five minutes later, someone comes up to my desk and goes, hey, do you know you just porn spammed everybody? I'm like, oh, oh delete. delete, delete, and, then, delete. And, then you do, and then you play the most fun game in the world, and that is in the silence of the moment after you've deleted it and you think, how many hundreds of people saw that? How do I respond? It's called internet archives. It doesn't yeah, matter. It doesn't matter. But then the best part was, is we came up with the joke that says, sorry, if you clicked on that last link, I accidentally porn spammed you. It's very hard to type with big fuzzy fingers. That got so oh, many retweets. So it was good. like, that was like, if I had planned that, I would have been a genius. So those are the moments you're like, I, this job is so strange. That was like my worst nightmare as a community manager. Cause I, that's what I, I started as a social community manager in my digital marketing world. And uh, yeah, that would always be my biggest. Nightmare. Yeah that I'd be working for some multi-billion dollar corporation and accidentally like, you know, put a, a drunken post or something on the co corporate channel and or it auto corrects in a way you didn't expect it. And you're like, Oh right. God. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. what the duck. time when you, you felt like tweeting, it's time to get slizzard. Nothing. Yeah. No. Ah, that was flashback for anybody who pays attention to the, the Twitter world. Um, so what you're saying is you did that for about two years. So it yeah. took them about two years to catch you. Yeah. And then they took it from me because they realized cause I would like generate these reports and say here and they would look at them and go, I don't understand why this is important. I'm like, okay, cool. I get to go do what I want to do. And that's me. I'm the mad, I'm a mad scientist, MacGyver type anyway. I want you to not pay attention to up until bonus time, which, you know, hey, University of Wisconsin, that wasn't gonna be a problem. So I just, just like, hey, let's just do, see how far I can push this envelope. And we did amazing, fun things. And I passed the reins off as I moved to Chicago and said, cool. And then they did what they did. Awesome. James, thank you so much for joining us and being on the board and uh, coming to Talent Brand Summit. And wearing burnt orange. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. I have, strangely, I have a closet of it, even though I haven't lived in Austin since 1994. Yes, I'm freaking old. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Happy thank to do you guys. Thank you all for, uh, for joining us for another rendition of the Talent Brand Podcast. We are out. Thanks, Bye. everybody. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Talent Brand Podcast brought to you by the Talent Brand Alliance. If you're an employee experience storyteller, don't forget to join the Talent Brand Alliance group and learn more about the next summit event at talentbrand.org. That's talentbrand.org.